0: Everybody, welcome to episode 57 of Weighing In with Andy Hamilton and David Mirkatani, a international edition of Weighing In. I'm Andy Hamilton coming to you from Bagash, Poland, joined on the phone by the czar of the Track Wrestling Rankings, <laughs> the Kingpin, David Mirkatani. David, how are you?
1: I'm good, man. How was your trip?
0: It was exhausting. <laughs> it's, uh, 20, 22 hours from the time I left home in Cedar Falls. Actually, I think it was longer than that. I think it's closer to 23. But, uh, from the time I left home in Cedar Falls to coming in my hotel room here in, uh, Poland. And, uh, man, it, uh, the, the end of the trip always seems like it takes the longest. And, uh, I think that the flight from Frankfurt to Bagash going from Germany to Poland took less time than going like the equivalent of I think what would be about five miles, five or ten miles from the hotel to the – or from the, from the airport to the hotel. We had a, had a United World Wrestling shuttle that uh, felt like it, it stopped at every uh, hotel in town before it got to mine. But uh, we're here, as are lots of birds, David, tons and tons of birds. <laughs> Outside the arena. I've never seen more birds in my entire life. So hopefully none of the wrestlers have bird phobias.
1: It's an Alfred Hitchcock movie there, huh? Yeah.
0: It's absolutely incredible. I've never seen so many birds.
1: I've never been to Poland. But, uh, I've been to a lot, of, a lot of part of Europe, but never Poland. So. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy yeah, week, crazy week back here to, for wrestling, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, trying to follow it from 30,000 feet or 40,000 feet, however high we were last night on the way over here. Uh, lots of wild stuff. And even uh, starting Friday night, um, some really notable stuff. You know, we, we thought we'd have some duels that would look pretty close on paper.
1: Yes. And they really weren't.
0: You know, Cornell, Northern Iowa. Cornell really handled Northern Iowa. Lehigh drilled Michigan, Oklahoma State, thumped Minnesota, uh, just some some really interesting stuff on an individual standpoint. David, you were in Linden down
1: at uh, Lindenwood there for a while. I was. Yeah, uh, Jacob Warner. Jacob Warner's Statement good at. Statement win for Jacob Warner. He's good at wrestling. He's yeah. He's good at wrestling. So and he's not big. So, he's not 20, big for that weight at all. It's it's it was hey, interesting. He's guy that. Uh, the, yeah. He, Go ahead. I'll let you talk. No, he, took, there. he took. He took. He really took that weight class apart. I mean, Dixon wrestled him really tough in the semis. That was a good match, um, really close match. A lot of not a lot of points, but a lot of good action. And then he just—it was like he jumped levels from the semis to the finals. I mean, Willie Miklas is a guy that I think can make the finals and win the tournament, maybe in nationals. And Jacob Warner did just does not look like a true freshman. And he's not gigantic for the weight. I mean, so you and I have talked a lot about what Iowa may or may not do with their lineup. And it kind of makes, you know, the cash Wilkie close uh, wrestle-off loss look like a positive and not a negative, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah. And I, you know, when I saw that score, I think it was, what, 4-3, to three, and the difference was uh, – you know, a writing time point or maybe a write-out at the end of the period or something like that. Right. uh, uh, You know, Cash Wilkie goes close with everybody almost. That's true. That is true. That's true. That's fair. Last year year he had – I think the only guy to really blow him out was Colin Moore. Yes.
1: Yes. And
0: tons and tons of matches. If you remember, he wasn't in the tournament originally. And then I think Jacob Smith – the Jacob Smith injury, if I'm not mistaken, put Cash Wilkie in the tournament.
1: You're right about all makes that. Makes it under the round of twelve. Yeah, makes it under the round of twelve.
0: The um, guy that people that have been in the room, the Iowa room this fall, have been really impressed with Cash Wilkie. And I, 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 think, you know, as you try to look at this thing, you know, from what will, from what will Iowa do, from you know, from that standpoint. I think Spencer Lee's going to wrestle, but I don't think they're going to use Jacob Warner. And the reason I say that is I think, you know, people in that room uh, and people who have been in there and watched Spencer Lee uh, told me that, you know, they they think Spencer can win it this year. And he's a huge upgrade over their other options at that weight class.
1: Gigantic. Whereas
0: whereas Jacob Warner, um, we saw – and it's, it's freestyle versus folk style, but we saw Colin Moore handle him in June, and, and I'm sure that uh, you know, Jacob Warner's made some progress since then, being in the college room, you know, for almost, uh, you know, coming up on a semester now. Uh, but, uh, you know, they also have a pretty formidable guy there in Wilkie, a guy that's, you know, ranked, has been ranked in the top eight since the start of the season, and uh, as I mentioned, a guy that did, uh, is capable of being in the match with just about anybody. And so, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Iowa does with their lineup. You know, lots of talk about what will they do with, with Lugo. Pat Lugo told me, uh, a couple of weeks ago at, uh, preseason nationals. He's up at preseason nationals in Cedar Falls and he told me he's, he's going 49 in red shirting this year. So, uh, you can cross that, uh, option off the list of, of things they might do, but I, I, I do think they'll use Spencer Lee and, uh, you know, Pat Downey coming in, filling a spot there, 184 pounds, potentially, in the second semester. I was a team that can make up a lot of ground in these rankings.
1: That's exactly right, 80, yes. In the second semester. Yes. I completely agree with that, yeah. So... You, I know you were, you've you been overseas and traveling and getting ready. You want me to kind of just walk you through these weights a little bit and we'll kick around what happened over the weekend?
0: Yeah, let's do it, though. Tell me first a little bit about the, the warner Miklas match and tell people that they didn't get a chance to watch it. What, uh, what transpired?
1: It just really wasn't. I mean, he just was better in every position. Um, I mean, he scored points a multitude of different ways. You know, really was, He really frustrated Willie. It just was it was just imp- like almost like shocking, like you're like, Wow,' Cause, um I just thought like you know you know you're you know you talk to guys like I go, oh well, I just I think Nicholas is you know too big and too old and too smart for, him. and you know this is good reason why I don't you know try to pick matches for a living, so um just. And that's a long day. I mean, that's a really – that tournament was run really well, but, you know, they literally had two tournaments going on, you know, the freshman, sophomore, and the open division. So um, you're right. of Everything you said about the Cash Wilkie thing and and the Jacob Smith injury and all these other things, you're 100% correct. And I've known Wilkie from being in, in our All-Star event a couple of years ago. He's a really, really nice kid. I just – I kind of thought – I made the correlation, Jacob Warner got, you know, handled by Colin Moore. I think Willie Mickles is, is pretty close to Colin Moore's level. So I think Willie Mickles will win. And clearly the math I did there didn't add up. So I also agree with you. It doesn't make sense to pull him, you know, cause Wilkie and him are, are pretty close and, and the Spencer Lee versus who they have at 25, you know, makes sense why he would wrestle as well. So I, I, you know, shockingly. You know, I think. Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I think, uh, you know, in Iowa, people are kind of conditioned to think that, you know, unless it's a difference in a team title or not, that they're just going to redshirt the guy. You know, it's just kind of been, you know, a lot of people that I've talked to have been, have, have said the same thing to me. But uh, I kind of look at it from the standpoint that, uh you know, here's, here's a guy that can give them a real shot in the arm, guy that can give the program some juice here, you know, in, in Spencer Lee. Uh, and, and also just looking at, at the uh, how you maximize the value of, of your 9.9. Is it uh, having Cash Wilkie sit on the bench? Right. You know, a pretty formidable guy. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that it really is. And, and uh, you know, you, you look a year from now, and cutting him down to 84 after after Downey uh, graduates, uh, or I should say he's going to graduate semester, I think is what he's on track to do. But after his eligibility expires, right? Uh, you know, then they've got a pretty uh, pretty strong 84-97 with Warner stepping in at 97, and Cashewiki going back down to 84, and uh, you know, Sam still at heavyweight uh, potentially Marinelli. Um, Caleb Young, Joey Gunther, some kind of combination there, 65-74. Uh, and Kemmer 57, Lugo at 49. Uh, so, you know, they're starting to put the pieces, uh, in place for a team that can step up there and be, uh, in, in that conversation at the top again. But, right. uh, uh, certainly I, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, for the reasons you just you just mentioned and what we just talked about. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen this year with Warner, but uh, never say never, I guess.
1: They're putting together a really salty lineup, for sure. Yeah, not only for this year, but for the future, like you said.
0: Before we move on from Lindenwood, what, David, what, you know, what were your other observations there? What else stood out?
1: Uh, Missouri's really deep. Um, they just keep rolling kids out that uh, – you know, the, I mean, I, I got to watch them train a couple weeks ago. I know a lot of those kids because they're local or, you know, regional. And they just – Missouri had a great recruiting class. They signed like nine kids. They were all from in-state. So there's kind of a buzz. And I'm friends with a bunch of those kids that are, that are going there, like Severado and Malik Johnson. And uh, you could just kind of feel the energy, you know, in the gym that – I just remember when Mizzou used to come to meets like that, and they would just get killed. Like, you know, where, like, we would wrestle them really close at Merrimack. And it's just gone so far the other way. Um, it's super impressive. And Jay Ironman is really good at scoring a lot of points. He was very impressive as well. So um, just they, – they look like they got another top five, top six team. And – you know, I don't think Miklas' loss is going to detract him. I think those guys are smart. They're going to watch tape. That's why they go to meets like this, and I think they'll figure out what he has to do improve. But I still think he's on the short list of guys that can make the finals at 97. valley's already proven he can make the finals. Ironman's in a really tough weight, but he scores a lot of points, and he's always going to be a hard out. Daniel Lewis looked really good as well. And there was some turmoil at 74, so he feels like – he may kind of moved himself up a, a tier or two this weekend. So they got, they just, they got a really nice team and uh, Barlow McGee kind of looks like he's back a little bit too. So that's important for them because he's a guy that when he's good is pretty dang hard to beat. So um, yeah, just impressed by Missouri overall a lot.
0: Yeah. Barlow would be big for them. I mean, a guy that was a round of 12 guy a couple of years ago and the train kind of came off the tracks last year and, Never seemed to get it back on on track throughout the year. Or just uh, not the kind of season that, that any of us really expected from Barlow McGee. But uh, that would be big for Missouri. And as you mentioned, it, it kind of seems like nobody's really talking about them a whole lot. You know, there's just been so much buzz about the top two teams and then those next two teams after them and ASU making a move. and Right. Uh, some of these other teams. But uh, Missouri's just kind of right there where they have seemed to be for a long time now.
1: We so just, anyway, David, let's
0: talk some rankings.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Oh, I'll let you. I'll let you. Let you finish your thought there, and then then we'll talk some rankings there.
1: No, just they've they've sustained excellence and they've built and, you know, having Brian on the program, he's as good of a builder of a program as anybody, and we kind of can make that comparison to North Carolina State and Missouri, and you know, you're you're really good when you're comparing how programs should be built to you. So, yeah. Um, Let me just kind of walk through 25, the top eight this week. Hang on one
0: second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, David. Okay. Hold on. We've got (laughs) to give a shout to our sponsor here. This podcast is sponsored by Resolite Sports Products, your one source for both classic and lightweight mats. From Resolite zip mat, the first and only tape-free mat, to offer a waterproof interlocking connection system to Resolite's exclusive DigiPrint mat, the only fully customizable mat featuring unlimited graphics that brings unrivaled school branding to your new lightweight mat. Visit Resolite.com for all your wrestling mat needs. Resolite, the mat company. And before I turn you loose, David, I'm going to go through the top 10 real quick because there's a little bit of movement. But uh, at the top, Ohio State's still number one at 114 and a half points, followed by Penn State at. 112 and a half, Oklahoma State in third at 82, Michigan still in fourth, losing a little bit of ground though, 72 and a half, Missouri in fifth at 59, Arizona State in sixth at 56 and a half, Rutgers in seventh at 54 and a half, we've got a tie between Lehigh and North Carolina State with 46 and a half points, Virginia Tech rounding out the top 10 at 44.
1: All right, David, it's all you, 125 pounds. <laughs> I'm Go. try to do a good Andy Hamilton imitation here. So top eight, Tomasello one, Suriano two, Lezak three, Piccinini four, Cruz five, Milhoff six, Fawz seven, Bresser eight. The main catalyst there was that uh, Nick Piccinini lost to Lezak, so the logic was Suriano has beaten Lezak before, Lezak beat Piccinini this year. Piccinini beat Cruz this year. So Suriano really gets a bump from Lezak beating Piccinini. He goes from 5-2, uh, to two, which obviously really impacted Rutgers in the team rankings. Sebastian Rivera won the Keystone Classic. Luke Welch won the Navy Tournament. Barlow McGee won Lindenwood. Christian Moody was second at Lindenwood. Michael Russo from Cornell beat Jay Schwarm. Uh, Brock Hudkins was third at Lindenwood. Uh, Zeke Moisey lost in the semis and defaulted out to sixth. And as you mentioned, Drew Matten uh, came, out, came out of red shirt. So those are kind of the, the catalysts for the changes in the rankings this week at 25.
0: And Matten slots in at number 17 because of uh, his wins a couple weeks ago at the Eastern Michigan Open, I believe where he won the tournament with victories over Sean Russell and Brock Hudkins there. Uh, but, uh, Aaron Cruz, uh, handled him in his debut as a starter from Michigan. So, uh, be interesting to see what happens with Matt in there, what kind of, uh, road that, uh, he goes down as a true freshman here, but he's off to, you know, off to a pretty good start before he ran into Cruz. And, uh, That can solidify things a lot for Michigan at a weight class where I think there's some room there to to crack into that top eight.
1: Yeah, he had a funky loss to to Josh Kramer, the backup from Arizona State. So that's the reason why he's below Russell, even though he beat him head-to-head, you know, if people were to ask that question because that's a really fair question to ask. But when you looked at body of work, um, he had kind of a bad loss versus Russell. So.
0: Well, let's move on to 133,
1: David. Um, no change in the top 13. So it's Gross, Misik, Parker, Brock, Mueller, McKee, Lantry, Dovecchio, um, Pletcher, Dom Forrest, Ernest E. Cam, Sikora, Austin Eicher. Um, Josh Terrell won the Navy tournament. Cam Kelly was second there. Corey Keener defaulted out in the in the semifinals of Keystone. So we just trapped him a couple slots for that. Nathan Boston was third in the Navy tournament behind those other two I mentioned, so he fell a few spots. Ian Parker was second at Lindedwood to Ernesty. Austin DeSanto won the Keystone Classic. And, you know, we talked about him a guy him as a guy who was knocking on the door. Not only did he win it, but he had a win over Noah Gonzer. So that really helped him get into the rankings. But really sort of just minimal movement here. You know, all the movement was really between like you know, 14 and 25, give or take.
0: Moving on to 141, David, Dean Heil keeps doing Dean Heil things, pulling out victories, uh, last-second victory, late victories, one-point victories, two-point victories, overtime victories. Right. Dean Heil just pulls out victories.
1: He's a close master. That's what we used to say when we were coaching. The guy knows how to win close matches, and he's really calm, and he, when he gets to those legs, he's so good at it. It almost looks like he could have gotten there sooner if he wanted to, you know. So, um, yeah, the top eight stay the same here: Heil, Jack, Meredith, Ironman, Ashnault, McKenna, Chad Red, Tommy Thorne. Meredith beat Red head to head. Tyler Smith fell from nine to twenty. He took fourth in the Navy Open. Yanni Diakamahalos moves up from 18 to 14 because he beat Josh Alber. Uh, Luke Haram beat Sal Perfacci head-to-head. Mike Longo took second at Lindenwood Open. And uh, Nick Nick Zanetta comes into the rankings. And Wisconsin has two really good guys here with Cole Martin and Eli Stickley. Uh, Martin, we're ranking now, but it wouldn't be shocking to see uh, Stickley in. And Cortez from Penn State comes into the rankings by winning the Keystone Classic. And we've talked all year about how Penn State needs to get points from those first three weights. And, you know, if Cortez can keep climbing his way up, that would certainly be big in the team race.
0: I don't think we've seen the last of Yanni making a move
1: up the, the charts here. <laughs> I think you and I, I – think he's got some <laughs> – Yeah, he's got some, upside some more upside to go. Right, Yeah. Yeah he's and he, he's not really being challenged yet he's scoring a lot of points and so yeah he's he's an impact guy which is crazy in a weight that's this deep but for sure
0: yeah pretty impressive he can get the legs pretty well and uh finds a way to you know even when he gets extended to suck a leg in and really good at finishing so pretty bright future ahead for yanni and cornell i mean look at what their young guys did they really showed up over the weekend and Man, up and down the lineup, they're, they're young guys, 84 97, Dean and Darmstad. Uh, pretty impressive victories. So we'll get to that a little bit more later. Uh, moving ahead to 149, David.
1: Um, Your thoughts? Not. The one change at the top here was Solomon Chishko beat Justin Oliver in overtime. So we slid Oliver down from five to eight. Moved Heilman up from six to five, Geo from seven to six, Chishko from eight to seven. Top four stayed the same with Zane, Sorensen, Thompson, Kaladzik, and then a bunch of other guys slid up one spot because Steve Blais is not uh, eligible right now because of the transfer from Northern Illinois, so he he popped out of the rankings. This was a really weird wait because Davion Jeffries. Was fourth at the Lindenwood Open and lost to Deegan from Iowa State and Alex Butler from Mizzou, who's not even Mizzou starter, but then he beat the Mizzou starter, Grant Leith. Grant Leith had beaten Baroni earlier in the year. Barone just won the Roadrunner Open. Sovostowski was having a good year and then lost to Anaveros from Utah Valley. Uh, this was your. Uh, I You know, iPhone earbuds, untangled analogy, really, to the max here. So uh, if people want to argue some of these spots, like 17 through 25, I wouldn't argue with them. You know, probably spent about a half an hour on this weight alone and then finally just went with what we felt like was the most defendable position and moved on.
0: Moving on to 157, David. Uh, not a whole lot of stuff moving around there.
1: Yeah. The
0: only change uh, Kemmer, was yeah. really impressive win over over Clayton Ream.
1: Yes, that's all
0: in there. Uh, go ahead.
1: Jake Short's doing Jake Short things too. Yeah. So, Yep. Nolf Lavalley Kemmer Berger stayed the same. B J Klagen, injury defaulted out against Villaquit. Couldn't tell if he had wrestled and lost or just shook hands. So I kind of felt like Josh Shields deserved to be higher than he was last week. So flip flop Shields and Klagen from 7 to 5 and 5 to 7. Then, so it goes Shields 5, Lewis 6, Klagen 7, Micah Jordan 8. Luke Zilberberg beat Jake short. John C. Blaylock beat Jake short. Alec Pantaleo lost to Ian Brown from Lehigh. Larry Early lost to Justin Stoddenmeyer from Brown. Colin Heffernan lost to B.C. LaPrade from Virginia Tech. Kyle Langendorfer lost to Greg Gaxiola from Fresno State. Um, Talib Ramani lost to Andrew Crone. It's it was just kind of – Archie Colgan's had a, a pretty good season but lost to Robbins from Air Force. So, again, this is another weight that felt a lot like 49 where just a lot of inconsistency at – between these guys, and you know, if they send you just the results you want you to see, you could you could seed them or rank them higher than they should be.
0: Feels like, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Jake Short, uh, the guy that was teetering back and forth between about eight, nine, ten last year, down to about twenty-three in the rankings. So right. He keeps doing what uh, we're accustomed to seeing Jake Short doing. He'll probably bounce back and have a huge Cliff Keen <laughs> tournament out here in Vegas uh, in a couple weeks. So, anyway, hard guy to rank, but uh, you know, certainly has shown the upside where he can crack that top ten and and uh, compete with those top guys. It's just a matter of can he stay there. So, it will be interesting to see what happens with Jake Short if he follows that that path or if he can. Develop some consistency the second half of the season. Correct. Moving ahead to one sixty-five, David. What transpired at sixty-five over the weekend?
1: Really, no change in the top sixteen, with the exception of Austin Matthews losing to Gordon Wolf, and that's you know that dropped Matthews down from eleven to seventeen. We moved. Lehigh, I'm going to say Lehigh, from 22 to 16 because we had Cole Walter ranked. And you and I had spoken about this off-air. We weren't really sure whether to rank Walter or Wolf. They both wrestled at Journeyman. It was really kind of difficult to tell who they had as their starter. But when Wolf has a, a win over a top 11 guy at the time in Matthews, you know, we're going to rank that guy. So um, John J. Chavez beat May Bethea. Dwaylon Barnes made the finals of uh, the Lindenwood Open and um, looked good. And Chandler Rogers actually won a 3-2 to two match against Nick Wanzek, which I point that out because a couple weeks ago I said to you, I'd, I never thought I'd see Chandler yeah. Rogers wrestle a 3-2 to two match in his life, and it happened. So I stand 100% corrected on that.
0: 174 pounds, uh, still the the top three in order, Zahid, Zahid Valencia, number one, Mark Hall, number two, Bo Jordan, number three. Then some movement after that, David?
1: This was another weight that was really hard to figure out because, so, Taylor Lujan, who was eight, beat Brandon Womack, who was six. Jordan Cutler, who was ten, beat Miles Amin, who was four. Yoanti Mejia's made the finals of Lindenwood and lost to Daniel Lewis, but looked really good going through there. And then, you know, so it was, that was really a mess. So we ended up deciding on Daniel Lewis, four, he moves from five to four, Bernstein moved from seven to five, Lujan from eight to six, Cutler from 10 to seven, Miles Mean drops from four to eight, Womack from six to nine, And Mejias, really, through no fault of his own, drops from 9 to 10 because Jordan Cutler moved up. And then there was, you know, like Drew Hughes lost to Quentin Rosser from Northern Illinois, and Quentin Rosser lost to an NAIA guy, so that really impacted Hughes. Christian Brucky lost to Austin Hiles, who's the backup at Michigan State. Floris Pribish, who has the only name in wrestling that's worse spelling than mine, moves back into the rankings. And Devin Skatza moves back into the rankings as well by taking second at the Navy Classic.
0: Yeah, Pribish is definitely harder to spell than Mercatani. <laughs> it's like Sheshevsky. <laughs> it's like you know it's like, like spelling by gosh, <laughs> by gosh. <laughs> it took me it took me about two months of looking at it every day for about two months until I finally figured out how to spell it so
1: and he beat Johnny Sebastian so that was one of the key reasons that he gets into the rankings
0: 184 David uh, Max Dean making a big move Max and for the second week in a row
1: yes. And Rick, Max Dean beat Drew Foster, and Emory Parker lost to Ricky Robertson. Ryan Price beat Dominic Abenader, and then Zach Savatsky beat Ellingwood. So, again, there's a lot of, like, literally, we moved Gravina up from 7 to 4, and I, I don't know if that's right. I really don't know. Um, Price we moved from 11 to 5, dropped Abenader from 5 to 6, Zavatsky made a big jump from 13 to 7, Ellingwood despite he beat he's beat Robertson but uh, earlier in the year but lost to Zavatsky so he stayed at 8, Robertson jumped a spot, Max Dean jumped from 16 to 10, Emory Parker dropped from 6 to 11, and Drew Foster dropped from 4 to 12. So that was and and then Michael Coleman lost to Lafragola from Brown, so he dropped from nine to 17. Lafragola moved up from 21 to 16. The stuff at the bottom stayed pretty consistent. Cordell Norfleet moved into the rankings, and so did Cameron Caffey, just based on body of work. And really, this was a weekend where I had a chance to really go through a lot of records and try to, you know, see if there was anybody that I had missed the first couple weeks, and I felt like those guys kind of deserved to be in at the bottom.
0: Interesting, and North Fleet and Caffey at 23 and 25, both true freshmen out of Illinois, that uh, were fast risers. I don't think they were on a ton of people's radar at the beginning. Like at this time a year ago, maybe North Fleet was a little bit, I remember seeing him at uh, the Indiana Matt Hoosier preseason open and then again at the Michigan Grappler Fall Classic and uh, being super impressed with him and then looking at where he was in the national rankings and, and uh, who was recruiting him. And I was like, man, I, this kid seems a lot better than this. I could be wrong, but uh, he really had a heck of a senior season and uh, popped on the radar of a lot of people at Arizona State got him. Same with Caffey. A guy that we've talked about on this show in the past, uh, just, you know, a ton of athleticism and, uh, um, you know, a guy that uh, kind of caught fire the second half of the season and, and into the spring and summer, you know, even into freestyle. Uh, good gift for Michigan State late. So uh, those guys, I think, have a tremendous uh, upside. going could be uh, fun to follow their careers. Uh, but uh, moving ahead to 197, David, we
1: talked, uh, it's top about Jacob Warner and that win over Mikulic. That didn't
0: affect Mikulic in the rankings. He stays at number three.
1: I just think Jacob Warner is that good, and you know I think, yeah, I just doubt it. I you know Weigel isn't wrestling right now. You know Beasley isn't. You know hasn't had a ton of like top flight wins, and then Cash Wilkie's at six, so it just doesn't feel like. Just didn't feel like he he you know, deserved a drop. Um, I I look at other sources, other websites, rankings, and I think where we really differ, or I differ from other sites, is everybody else has Matt McCutcheon ranked and ranked in the top five or six. And I have Kassar ranked based on the fact that he won the wrestle-off. I'll be interested to see how other people handle this because he beat McCutcheon in a live match and then beat Matty Ace. In the finals of the Keystone Classic. So, Kassar moved up a spot. Matty dropped from 8 to 18, right below Kassar. Um, there wasn't really a lot of other movement. Chris Weiler from Lehigh comes into the rankings. Darmstadt, I think, is probably underranked, but uh, he just, you know, he's got to keep wrestling guys that are above him, and, and I think he will continue to do that. But I think Darmstadt's a guy that will end up in the top eight before the year's over and probably score a lot of bonus points along his way of doing so.
0: Moving ahead to heavyweight, pretty much status quo at the top. Anything else that transpired really catch your eye?
1: No. uh, No. Uh, Conan Jennings was fourth at the Keystone, so he dropped – Sam is another guy where we have him ranked lower. Everybody else has him in the top eight. I had him at 23. I moved him to 18 this week. And I moved him based on the fact that he beat Jake Gunning from Buffalo, who we have at 20, in tiebreakers, in overtime. So, to me, if you beat somebody in overtime, you're pretty even with that person. And I don't think Jake Gunning's a top eight guy, so I don't think Stoll's a top eight guy yet. It doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean he won't end up being that good, but just based on what he's done so far, I think 18 is about right for him. And Derek White continues to impress. You know, he's he moved up a couple slots, Jordan Wood, Thomas Haynes. Those 13, 14, 15 guys there feel like they could all make moves up. And and Mike Hughes from Hofstra is having a really nice year so far, too.
0: David, can you explain why Stoll was down so far in the beginning? I've had, I've had some people that have uh, asked me about that, and he's – you know, we're kind of the outlier in terms of the rankings. You know, you mentioned uh, the situation at 197 with McCutcheon and Kassar. You know, you look at things at, at heavyweight with Stoll and where other people have him, it's significantly higher than, than where you have him. Uh, but uh, just explain your rationale for why you started him where you did.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you letting me talk about that. I think and we've talked about this. I put a huge emphasis on how – a guy does at nationals. And just plain and simple, he hasn't been able to compete at nationals. And so to put him in a spot where we're projecting certain points, whether it's one point for being 17 through 25 or 5.5 or 6.5 points for being 7th or 8th, for a guy that hasn't been able to wrestle at nationals, not saying he's not good enough, but literally hasn't been able to get to the finish line, it doesn't seem fair to do that versus guys that have come close, you know, like a Mike Hughes, like a, a Billy Miller, a Nathan Butler, a Yusef Hamida, Ryan Solomon, guys like that. And again, like when we do our picks, whether we do them this week or next week, just depending on when you're back in the country, who we think will play somewhere versus where we rank somebody, you know, are not, are almost never the same. I shouldn't say never. I mean, like I Zane is ranked first and I think Zane will take first, but, um, I mean, besides some really obvious ones, a lot of this is is really trying to come up with a criteria and trying to be consistent and not applying different criteria to different weight classes. So Stoll was kind of a victim of that criteria, I guess would be the nicest way to say it.
0: Well, he'll have three, four more months to to change that here. So we'll be interesting to see where Sam Stoll is at when we talk about these rankings in the week leading up to the NCAA championships. He's going to be one to follow. There's going to be a lot of those guys uh, that move quite a bit from now until the end of the season. And David and I will talk about that next week, our picks. Uh, We'll have uh, the prize package and information for how you can get involved in that. We'll have that up on the site some point this week, and we'll talk about that next week. Uh, But, uh, One more shout to our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Resolite Sports Products, your one source for both classic and lightweight mats from Resolite Zip Mat, the first and only tape-free mat to offer a waterproof interlocking connection system to Resolite's exclusive DigiPrint Mat, the only fully customizable mat featuring unlimited graphics that brings unrivaled school branding to your new lightweight mat. Visit Resolite.com for all your wrestling mat needs. Resolite, the mat company. David, before we move on to u 23s and look at some of the stuff that I'm going to be covering this week here in Poland, is there anything else on the college end that you want to hit?
1: Well, yeah, like you mentioned those duels that didn't end up being quite as competitive. There's some other duels that are coming up this weekend. Ryder will be at Iowa on Friday and, uh bj clagan and Kemmer will be a great match nebraska west virginia on saturday missouri virginia tech on saturday uh hot and miklas pop into mind there's a couple other weight classes that'll be really interesting there i think and then missouri wrestles you know uh uva on sunday south dakota state wrestles arizona state on sunday and oklahoma state wrestles north dakota state on sunday so it's not a real crazy weekend. There's also the Matt Town Open in Lockhaven. But just those are kind of some – It's the, the slate is a little, you know, lighter, obviously Thanksgiving weekend, but there'll still be some good matches to keep an eye on this week.
0: Well, there's going to be some great matches over here <laughs> in Poland. <laughs> We've sure. got some serious hammers that are in the tournament. I was really intrigued to see what the entry list would look like with this event. First event – First time event for the U23 World Championships. Uh, you got some of the guys and, and girls that have done so well at the, the senior level that are eligible for this. You talk about some of the best wrestlers on the planet Kyle Snyder, Abdul Rashid Sajalayev, Asanyaz Yazdani Taradi. Those three guys, all U23 eligible. Uh, none of those three are here, but Gino, Gino Petrishvili who won that epic 10-8 to match in the heavyweight world final against three-time World Olympic champ Taha Akul of Turkey. Gino is here. He's on the entry list. I shouldn't say he's here. He's not uh, in my room or at uh, my hotel. Or he, I, I don't even know if he's here in Poland yet, but uh, he's on the entry list, as is. Haruna Akuno, the 55-kilo women's world champion at the senior level. She made the leap from winning it at cadets a year ago uh, to winning a senior level world championship this year. Uh, incredible. I, I, You know, I can't think of too many people that have made that leap uh, from one year to the next to go from cadets uh, with skipping juniors and going straight to winning a senior world title first time out. Uh so she's she's gonna be one to watch in women's freestyle. Uh Ali Reza Karimi Machiani from Iran, eighty six kilos, uh two thousand fifteen world bronze medalist. He was the only guy to score on Sad in Las Vegas, dropped a six to two semifinal decision there before coming back and claiming the bronze. He represented Iran in the Olympics last year. He's a two time Asian champ, but uh Mentioned Yazdani yeah, Tirati, he was the guy for Iran in Paris. So Karimi going to get his shot here in Poland. uh, Paterizzi, uh from Georgia, the Greco twenty-year-old uh, heavyweight, going for his sixth world championship. He's won one each of the last five years. Uh, two cadet. Uh, golds followed by three junior world titles. He won his third junior world title in Finland uh, earlier this summer, outscored his five opponents 35 to 3 there. Uh, Sergei Semenov from Russia, uh, Olympic bronze medalist a year ago in Greco, uh, two Russian national titles, pair of junior world golds. Uh, so he's going to be in it. Uh, also, um, I got a list on track wrestling of people who have competed. Uh, in the senior level world championships and placed fifth or better. I mentioned Petrus and Okuno world champions. Also some bronze medalists in there. Andre Yatsenko, 55 kilos from Ukraine, a guy that Thomas Gilman beat uh, to kick off the tournament in Paris. And then Gilman making the finals, pulled Yatsenko back. He wins a bronze. He's a guy that uh, Dayton Fix beat a year ago at Junior Worlds in a medal match. And also uh, – uh, looking down the line, uh, Russia, the guy that beat Fitz uh, a year ago in the Junior World Championships, he's in this bracket as well. So, uh, you know, some pretty notables uh, in the field. David, I mentioned a week ago, uh, uh, Kajiev from France, the guy that gave Jordan Burrow some fits in the World Championships, he's in the four key low bracket. Uh, Gadzi Nabiev from Russia, is at 74 kilos. He finished second at Russian Nationals to Kedek Sabalov, the guy that was in the World Finals with Jordan Burroughs. So there's some serious hammers in there. There's a huge list of uh, some of the notables. I encourage you to check that out. Uh, if you're you're going to tune in to the, the U23 World Championships this week, which are streamed live on track wrestling, check that list out. It'll get you up to speed on who's who and what's what. So, David, any thoughts on U23s?
1: I think it's so cool you're covering it. Um, You know, you and I started working a little over a year ago, and, um, you know, since then you've punched your passport to some of the best places in the world, seen some of the most amazing wrestling in the world. Um, You are officially the good luck luck charm for USA Wrestling. I think it's 100% because of you that we've had the greatest summer of our our, our huh. country's uh wrestling existence. So yeah, it has, nothing to, it has
0: nothing to do with Dayton Fix and Mark Hall and
1: Cody Bickley and, and Bill Zaddock <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah,
0: right, yeah. laughs> <laughs> you know. Everybody that actually got out there and got their hand
1: raised. It's all Andy Hamilton, baby. <laughs> so um no, I do think it's awesome you're there and you do such a great job of finding the right people and asking the right questions. I look forward to You know, not only to, you know, watching the interviews and listening, but getting a chance just to pick your brain privately, you know, when we talk. So um, I I will say job well done in advance because I know you're going to crush it. And uh, I know it's going to be hard to be away from friends and family for Thanksgiving, but you're doing us all a a great service by being there. So we all really appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you, David. I appreciate it. And like I've said before, I feel really blessed to be in this position and have a chance to go wrestling all over the world and i love the international styles it's so exciting to watch freestyle wrestling and and greco and guys are out there letting it fly it's a lot of fun too so hopefully we see bay this week and tell you what there's nobody in the united states more fun to watch in greco than kamal bay that guy uh can put double digits up in the blink of an eye and uh, Man, he was he was a blast to watch in Finland. It was must-see stuff whenever he was out there. I think 61 points in his matches in Finland, if I'm not mistaken. Nobody else scored more than 45 there, something something along those lines. So, uh, I am really intrigued to see how Kamal Bay transitions uh, from juniors to the U23 level, and also from 75 kilos or 74 kilos. lose track of my international weight classes from juniors to U23s, but he's making a move up to 80. And uh, seeing that leap, how will he he transition to the new weight class and and the new level change? So it'll be fun to watch him, Greco-Roman, kicking this thing off tomorrow morning over here. Kamal Bay will be on day two of Greco-Roman. As I mentioned, that stuff will all be on track wrestling Tune in live and on demand if you don't want to get up early. You (laughs) can check out things on demand, all the matches will be archived. So, David, anything else before we sign off?
1: No, uh, happy Thanksgiving, my friend, and enjoy the time over there. You've earned it.
0: Well, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you who listened, and thanks for. Given us your time this week. We will be back next week. I'll be still in Poland, I think, when we record, or somewhere in between Poland and Cedar Falls, but we'll find time to get together and, and chat about the developments of U23 World Championship and Championships and what transpires on the college maps this week. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, David Mirkatani. Thank you. And we'll be back next week.